Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 25. Sweet! Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he's competed in a professional bodyboarding tournament, Pat Flynn. Hey, everybody, what's up? And welcome to the 25th session of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. My name is Pat Flynn, and thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited because we're going to be continuing our two-part podcast series, which includes interviews from people who are making a living online without having to teach people how to make a living online. In other words, you know, a lot of people think that the only way to make money online is to talk about making money online, and that's definitely not the case. And this is why we have our two-part podcast series. This is session number 25. If you haven't done so already, I recommend you listen to session number 24. We had some fantastic interviews from three people who are making a living online, doing some, you know, three totally different things. It just shows that if you take action and you have somewhat of a good idea, you can do what you want to do and make a living online and have a flexible schedule and and live the life that you want to live. So hopefully the interviews we have today will solidify that for you even more. So let's get right to it. Let's go to our first of four interviews. And this first one is from a guy whose name you might recognize, especially if you've attended Blog World Expo. His name is Jordan Cooper. He has a blog at notaproblog.com. He's actually a stand-up comedian gone online, and he does talk about social media and blogging on that particular blog. However, that's not how he got started, and actually, that's not how he makes his money online. He makes his money online from a product and website that involves a particular video game. The domain is at fm Britain dot co dot uk again i'll have links in the show notes and you'll understand exactly what the site is about in the interview so before we get into that first i just want to welcome jordan to the show jordan thank you so much for being on the smart passive income podcast and sharing your story with us today no problem whatsoever i listen to your podcast all the time i'm a little bit backlogged i'm like about five or six episodes behind but always in the car you're you're one of the few online marketing podcasts that i don't fall asleep listening to 
Well, thank you. I, pre I appreciate that. And I'm happy to feature you on today because you have some great stuff going on. I mean, not a pro blog has some great information, of course, that many of the audience probably knows you from already. But what I didn't know is this other stuff you're talking about, which I want to talk to you today. How is it that you are primarily making a living online today? Well, I mean, I do have multiple streams of income as you as you teach people that multiple passive revenue streams. Mm -hmm. So you have no single point of failure. But I mean, most of the money that I make, I would say maybe about 60 ish percent of my income comes from a video game site in which we produce the only I mean, basically 99 percent of it is free, but we make our money with uh, selling premium strategy guides for just one video game not for multiple video games. Wow. And it's a video game that most people have never heard of. Try me. Football Manager. Okay, no, I've never heard of that game. It, it's the top-selling PC game of all time in the United Kingdom, and uh, it, it sells about 1.5 million copies worldwide. And you have, you, so you have free content that you, you give to people on the front end, and you have, is it, a, is it a, uh, an ebook or, or access to a membership where they can get a strategy guide for football it's, manager it's an ebook basically this site never started like this is this this was my foray into online marketing mm. basically i mean i didn't start the site because oh this is a way to make money uh i didn't even start the site i it was a site that's been up now for five and a half years and uh in that community it, it's a very it's a very cult community mm. so i started playing the game and then got involved with this site i got on their forums and i produced so much content for them on the forum, they started featuring my articles on their on their main page, mm. and then I just basically worked my way up to basically owning the site because I, I'm a web I'm a web developer, so I was helping them out do everything, and basically there uh, for free over the over the course of four years, we had nothing to sell. We were just doing it as a hobby. There was no monetization strategy or anything. Mm -hmm. Basically, we produced over four years. We produced. 189 articles, pillar. These are like 1,500 plus word posts. Uh, 54 podcasts. Wow. Uh, three training videos, and uh, have a forum that has 12,000 members. And this is before any type of monetization. So basically, when I took over the site, you know, as the like the primary administrator, or whatever, I looked at. Uh, we we also came out with 13 separate strategy guides that were in sort of pseudo ebook type of download format. And then when I looked at our stats, uh, I saw that in 2009, our ebook, which was translated in 12 different languages, was downloaded over 700,000 times. Wow. When the I saw that, <laughs> I'm like, there's got to be a way for us to make money doing this. Because I looked at the Google Analytics, I looked at all that, of getting five, 6,000 unique visitors a day. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it, it's disgusting. Only because only because we built up a brand. Mm -hmm. We didn't doing it for any business reason. We were just very active on the official forums. We got involved with the beta test for the game, and actually were credited inside Football Manager 2010 for the new tactics creator they made for the game. They based they based it on our strategy guides. That's really so, cool. So basically, with all that brand equity in 2010, we launched our our 14th strategy guide that we would know that everyone knows about that we do every year. And uh, instead of selling it, we just gave it away for free. But this time, as opposed to the other times, we put it behind an email opt-in. Uh -huh. Nice, ever, nice. Ever since we put that up, and it's still up, ever since then, 
we've gotten 160,000 people on our email list. Oh, wow. And that's what you use to drive sales to your premium stuff. Yes. And it goes into it. Basically, I have it set up to go into an autoresponder series where they get more information. Typically, I don't sell them immediately because if they, if basically our premium guide is, if you've already gotten our basic guide, it's kind of a very hard upsell because it's like we already gave you, 50, we already gave you something that's worth paying for. Mm -hmm. So basically, over the course of about a month and a half, they get more like how to, how to manage your defense, how to, you know, all these little things on how to play the game better. And then eventually they'll get a little bit more of a sales pitch on, well, we have this. And our ebook is only $12. It, it, I mean, if it's converted into uh, dollars mm -hmm. into America, we sell it in pounds, but it's PayPal. So you can change whatever currency you want. Right, right. So, so basically through that and through, you know, display, we have display ads, but for our stuff. We right. don't do any AdSense. We don't do, barely do affiliate, our, our affiliate sales count for about maybe three to 4% of our income. Mm -hmm. But uh, over the course of a year and a half, since we've put out premium guides, we've made a little over 50 something thousand dollars off a $12 book. Wow. <laughs> this is crazy. I mean, you, that, okay. Football game. You're, you're talking about soccer, right? Right. Okay. Cause it's in the UK, uh, which is, which is a huge thing, but I mean, to, to, to have this kind of brand equity, equity, like you were talking about it, the story really reminds me of my own story with greenexamacademy.com, how I just built that site with no even thought to making money from it in the beginning. And it just kind of took off. I became an expert and then I decided, well, I was kind of forced to because of a layoff to monetize it. And it was so easy to do that because I had so many people just thanking me for all the great content that I already put out. It sounds exactly the same. It, it, it's like, the, you know, it's like mirror to mirror. Right. I mean, we had like our, our writers, our administrative staff were, we're older than most of the scene in, in that community. Mm -hmm. uh, we, you know, one of our guys is the mo is one of the moderators for the official game forums, which has over 200,000 members. And, uh, both of the primary strategy guide writers are one's has a PhD and the other is currently getting a PhD in history. So these guys, that's why our writing is so superior to like 19 year old kids yeah. you know, <laughs> writing about the game. I mean, I'm not, they, they write good stuff. It's just that we have a very, we have a very, we have a niche inside of a niche. A lot of people, even in our community, uh, the football manager community don't even like our site because we, treat it very analytical and take it very seriously and only mm -hmm. do one aspect of the game. But for people that are like tactics junkies, that's exactly the type of type of stuff that's up their alley. So they have no problem devouring our content and then, and then paying for a premium guide. Yeah. Well, wow, that is, I mean, that's, that's such an amazing story. And I, there's a few other people out there who uh, you may know, Chris Guthrie, he also got started in the video game. Thing, which you wouldn't really think of, you know, video games as being a platform to launch an actual online business. And you can tell how serious you are about this and how it is a business. I mean, do you enjoy what you do? Oh, yeah. But I mean, it is passive income only because, I mean, one of the smartest things that we did was, I mean, we did get a lot of backlash in the, the hardcore community because we were the pretty much the first fan site for this game to ever sell something. Mm-hmm. I mean, the game's been out for almost 20 years, and no one's, it's, it's all fan sites that have, you know, here's some article, here's some, here's some graphics, here's some things you could put in the game, here's whatever, forums and stuff like that. But what we did 
is that since a lot of these sites are run by as a hobby and they're run by more younger people, we basically created, I mean, what, what Frank Kern would call a syndicate. Mm -hmm. I mean, basically mm -hmm. we affiliated everyone. Basically we made banner advertisements and I, I sent, I made affiliate templates, the same thing you would do for, uh, you know, for any type of online product. Right. And I pretty much sent out a mail saying, Hey, and you could get 20%, 25% depending on the site and put up an ad for our book and you'll get, you'll make money. So I'm giving the, we're giving the opportunity for the rest of the community, the other sites yeah. to make money as well. So that gets our word out. So even though we're bringing in 5,000 uniques a day, these, some of these other sites are bringing in three times as much. So you're getting all, basically the mm. entire community gets to It's all feeding back to money. you. Right, uh, it's, still at fun, the end. it's still funneling back, yeah, but they get to make, they get to pay their hosting bill. Right. They get to pay, you know, their forum software. They get to pay for all this stuff. That's super so by smart. By putting that all together, I mean, it basically creates this ecosystem where people could, you know, work together more on creating good content because we're, we do one side of the game, but a lot of these other fan sites are very good at the graphics, at the player lists, at a lot of the other stuff. Mm -hmm. So we link out to them all the time. We, people come to us and go, hey, where can I find this? I go, oh, go here, go there. And so they're happy to repay you by putting on a banner ad up for your right. tactical book. Yep. Um, fantastic. I mean, that, that stuff you see a lot in the internet marketing industry uh, with different software products that you know everyone else in the internet marketing industry can do. But this is a prime example of someone doing this in something way beyond this uh, make money online industry and it's just super smart and i think it could be applied to a lot of other industries as, as well i mean not thinking of people who could who you'd normally think of as competitors but actually as kind of teammates or people who can you know you're all working together right i i the, the thing that that always baffles me within the internet marketing space is that the concepts that people are, are teaching about in that space, they work like clockwork as long as you're out of that space. Mm -hmm. I think people in that are they get involved in these business blogs or you know online information products, they stick too closely to a blueprint system instead of taking the fundamental concepts and then applying it to a wholly outside niche that you're passionate about and then seeing what works because there are a lot of things that that a lot of things that bloggers would say that don't apply like like the the one biggest thing about our site is that our posts have no comments we don't mm -hmm. we don't have comments enabled people be like well why how could you not have comments it's like well our community our niche community is so predicated on forums mm -hmm. it's a very very big forum community and that that demographic doesn't even understand comment systems. They'll yeah. go on the forum and say something about it. Right. We don't need a comment system or the way that the blog is is organized or, the, or a newsletter. We come out with a monthly newsletter where we give out like basically link to every other site saying here's the best content about football manager all over the place. But, you know, in the internet marketing space, you don't really see it that often. People use their lists as I have this, I have that. Here's a new blog. Mm -hmm. We don't do any of that. We intermix our own in there, but these 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 are video gamers that don't have that much money and are very averse to being sold. Mm -hmm. So I really have to pour on content, content after yep. content after content 
and even if it's not our own, just so people make us the resource, like, oh, we have their best interests in mind. Yeah, you become the hub, basically. Right, for, for, exactly. And that's where, and that's, I mean, it would be silly for people to not go to you for any type of information because you have it all. So that, that's really great. I, I know you have some, uh, I mean, I could, I could, we could talk forever about that and just get deeper and deeper, but I, I kind of want to, I mean, I know you have some other businesses going on as well, multiple uh, income streams. What else do you have going on? Right. Uh, I also, I do a lot, right now I'm doing a lot of local, like offline stuff that's being led by online marketing initiatives. Okay. And I think, I think to, to me personally, it's that it's a gold mine. I don't think enough people are doing it. Can you uh, elaborate a little bit on exactly how that works? Well, I mean, being a comedian, uh, making money as a comic, unless you're like very well known, sucks. <laughs> I mean, it, it really does. I mean, touring and making a couple hundred bucks and paying for gas and driving everywhere is horrible. But since I've been doing it for 15 years, I, I'm, I'm also a very good teacher. So we right. run, me and this other comic, uh, run comedy classes here in Louisville. And uh, we're also starting to produce shows as well here in Louisville and it's and it's physical shows right. we don't have we're not we're not looking to make money off of a online based product we're looking for people to actually physically come out to a show or physically come out to a class mm-hmm. or or a company to sponsor a show so what we're doing we're taking these these online marketing concepts and applying it to that offline business and basically using content to get the visibility out for all these other things so that's why we recently launched LouisvilleComedy.com. We also have UndergroundComedySchool.com. And it's it's a physical thing, but basically using AdWords, Facebook ads, even StumbleUpon I've been using to basically just target people within a 25-mile radius of Louisville and then drive people to take a class, to go to a show. So like the class, like what we do with the classes, we do the typical online marketing strategy which is here's a free ebook here's mm-hmm. a 26 page guide to how to break into stand-up comedy because people type in comedy classes breaking right. into comedy you know stuff like that and if they're from louisville we have the only class so we get people onto our mailing list and we also have postcards that we put up around town and the comedy clubs here and your adwords uh as far as like uh payments stuff must be ridiculously low because of that Oh yeah, because there's no one, barely anyone is competing against the, these local keywords. So I mean, we're paying twelve cents, fifteen cents a click. I mean, I still have to get a our quality score up a little bit more, but I mean, we're not doing that bad. But basically, half of about half of our classes sold. We always sell out our our classes, and about half of the admissions come from the postcards. Mm-hmm. Come from they, you know, I saw your postcard, went to your site, signed up. But half of ours comes through our free ebook plus autoresponder. And the autoresponder gives them more information about how to break into stand up comedy, which all ties into what they'll learn in the first class. Right, right. So pretty much they get four emails over the course of 12 days that kind of is like, oh, if you read the book, do you have any questions? Email us. Uh, in week one in the class, we cover this. And here was our experiences with it. So they're getting stuff in their email that they actually want to read. Mm-hmm. And then half of our admissions from our, for our comedy classes, which we do, you know, one every two months of 12 to 15 people, they come from our, they come from our autoresponder. People that we've never met, they've never seen a postcard. 
They they type the, all know, automated. It's all on them, right? Exactly. I don't have to do anything. That's really it's the same cool. thing. It's the same thing with the, the football manager stuff. Other than the fact that the game comes out once a year, on uh, in October or November, it's about a, m- a couple of weeks worth of work. We have the guys that update our strategy guides and stuff like that, and then I set up everything so that it could be sold. And then once everything's set up and the autoresponders are set up, everything like that, the next ten months, other than monitoring it, it really works on autopilot. Yeah, that's great. Are, are you using like eJunkie or one shop yeah. cards on eJunkie? Yeah, yeah we, we use eJunkie for the football manager site and for the uh, the comedy classes and the shows. We use Eventbrite. Nice. Yeah, I use uh, eJunkie too, as as you know. And uh, Eventbrite, that that's great. So uh, th- this is really awesome stuff, uh, Jordan. I mean, the the going the local marketing right. route is, well, is also just also with the local stuff. Like, th- there's so much to be made there. Because a lot of local businesses are horrible at online marketing. And what I've done here is I made a partnership with uh, the biggest local comedy club, which is the Improv. People have heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they have locations all over the country. And pretty much, like, they normally have, like, radio ads and promotions on, like, their off week. Like, mm-hmm. for Thursdays and Sunday shows. Because they make most of their money by selling drinks. Right. So they have no problem giving out free passes if there are seats open. So mm-hmm. on a lot of Thursdays and Sundays, they, they have no problem letting 50 people in for free. So I set up a deal with them that if you go, basically, my opt-in to our mailing list is get two free tickets to the improv, which are normally $15 tickets. So I set up, and they don't do any online marketing. So, <laughs> yeah. like, basically, come to our site to get free tickets. Get on our mailing list to get free tickets. That's awesome. So, I mean, it's an off it's an offline business, but you could use the same exact concepts for an information product as you could with that. Especially when the local businesses really they could be doing it themselves. Yeah, they just don't they know just don't how know. to do. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity out there. I know. I actually know there's a quite a few people who have actual physical stores who listen to this this podcast. So, I mean, this is great stuff for you guys. And uh, you know, you may get a question or two uh, with regards to, to that process but you know i'm just gonna leave it there and, and jordan just want to thank you so much for for uh for all that information just really quick uh, a couple quick questions you know what is the best part about doing business online like you're doing it uh making i, I i'll always say making money doing something you love i mean really that's, perfect there's, there's nothing else I'm, I'm i'm sorry that this interview wasn't hilarious by the way uh there was some hilarious parts <laughs> we we can do another one later uh i can just have you on the show we could talk maybe more about that local marketing stuff and get uh we can get down and dirty on that one if you want to um uh, what's the worst part for you uh i don't know the, the worst part may be uh having partners or having people that really don't understand the amount of work it takes to do all this like a lot of people just don't realize what i do like what do you do Mm-hmm. The website's up. Is there anything else to do? Like, what, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Automation, baby. Um, and lastly, any quick tips for anyone out there who who wants to start an online business? Uh, I mean, you've obviously done it, and you've done it in a very unique but natural way. Uh, any quick tips for anybody out there? My My number one tip is r- research and read as much as you can. But after you read something, do it. 
mm. and then see what works and what doesn't and then read and then do and then read and then do go back and forth like i've read uh, pat your backlinking strategy i think that's the best article on your site well thank you and i recently read it because i'm building up some you know link wheeling and stuff like that so i i'm gonna read it and then i'm and gonna do act it. upon it and it's see if it works and if it doesn't work then whatever or i may need to change anything but there are too many people that read a lot and then don't do. Or there's a lot of people that do a lot and make tons of mistakes without ever realizing and they do it over and over again. I think the balance is read about it, then do it. And then don't read about anything else until you finish doing it and then okay. read about something else. Absolutely. It's really easy to get distracted by other things that could possibly they could possibly do without even finishing what you were doing in the first place. Uh, so great stuff, Jordan. Thank you so much for being on. Where can people go to find uh, find you and learn more about you? Uh, feel free to go to notaproblog.com. I haven't updated it since March. Couple, yes, in a couple of months. But uh, my my back art, it's it's all pillarish. It's short content, whatever. It's good stuff. It's, yeah, it is absolutely. what it is. There's some YouTube videos. Yeah, you'll at least find it funny. It's not like it's not going to be dated. So just go over there and feel free to browse around the archive. Cool. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. And everybody, check out Jordan Cooper at not aproblog.com Alright, special thanks to Jordan Cooper. Again, you can check out his football manager website at fm-britain.co.uk Again, I'll have show notes on the blog at smartpassiveincome.com slash session25 so you can go there right now and check out the links there. Our next interview is from a woman who has a fantastic story and this is kind of really a touching story because it deals with kind of a health issue that uh, was going on in her life and, and in her family. So this interview, the one that you're about to hear, is a little bit different from all the other ones, but it, it's inspiring at the same time. So without further ado, please welcome Kara Foss. All right, everybody, I have Kara from Arizona with us today, and uh, I'm just going to ask Kara, like I do with the other people, kind of a few questions about their business, and hopefully, and I'm sure this will inspire you, if you haven't yet started your own online business, or even if you have. So first, Kara, welcome. Thank you so much for, uh, for being here. And thank you for having me. So what is, the, what is the name of your business, and what is your website address? Uh, my business is Grain-Free Meal Plans. Grain-Free Meal Plans, okay. And then my blog is Health, Home, and Happiness. I started the blog way before I had an idea for a business. Okay, so what does your business do? It's... Um, Meal plans and daily recipes and grocery lists for people that want to follow a grain-free diet, which is becoming a lot more popular, actually, since we started it. And the menu is based on the gut and psychology syndrome diet, which is a diet that helps special needs people, um, especially a lot of families with kids with autism and ADD and digestive issues or even food allergies are starting this diet. It's um, really kind of helping all the epidemics that seem to be happening right now. Mm-hmm. Kind of, is this something that you started uh, because it's something that you're passionate about? Obviously, it is. But is it something maybe in your uh, life experience that that led you to this point? Yeah, my daughter, um, she's four now. But when she was two, we were kind of done running around with all the mainstream stuff. She has autism, mm -hmm. and um, the mainstream stuff didn't have answers. And so I just kind of put them on hold and started looking into nutrition. And this diet, which is really kind of extreme, is what helps her the most. Excellent. Well, um, that, that sounds very awesome. How, how exactly does your business make money? So you have a website, you have this blog, and you have this business. Uh, 
you know, you, do you get traffic from Google and then how, how does monetization happen on your site? Um, I was kind of one of the first, there was a lot of bloggers that blogged about gaps, but I was the first one with a child that had autism that was being pretty public about it. Um, so I got a lot of just referral traffic and mm. it's a pretty small community. So if you search enough gaps recipes, eventually you'll come across me and mm -hmm. then, um, people can either get my recipes for free. I have like plenty up on the blog, or if they want to subscribe and have the meals all planned out for them and shopping lists and stuff, they can subscribe. Right now, it's only $16 a month. So $16 a month, and, and uh, this is a recurring payment to you. How many members would you say you have at this moment? I have 200 right now. 200 members. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, just I, I don't in January, so I'm excited. <laughs> wow. Well, congratulations. I don't even have my own membership site yet, so I'm, I'm really, really excited to hear this. Uh, and, and obviously, it's a very small niche, but you don't even re really need that big of an audience to support you as long as you're giving them something they need. Um, you know, obviously they're, they're willing to pay you for that information. Right. Okay. So well done. Really though, how did, how did you get started? Like from the beginning before it, before it all happened? Well, I had a blog, um, we were broke then. <laughs> we're still, I mean, we're doing good, but we were more broke then. And I had a blog and I was doing paper post, which was just mm -hmm. like $10 blogging about random stuff like tires or sometimes hummingbirds or Disneyland. And in between each paid post, you had to do a real post. And so I just took pictures of what I was cooking in the kitchen. We had already, we're following like a whole foods diet. So it was a little different than mainstream. And people mm -hmm. started following my blog, which was just crazy to me that people would be interested in the random stuff I fed my family for lunch. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, once I got more followers, I stopped doing the more spammy paid posts and just started focusing on my blog more. And... Um, then about six months after that, I started her on gaps and it was so overwhelming to gaps is the diet. Um, mm. it was so overwhelming to me that I was really looking for a meal plan, like what I offer now. And there just wasn't anything out there. So I thought, well, if this, we stick with it and it works, then I'll, um, go ahead and try and put out a meal plan. So these other families, cause there's so many of these families now that need help like this and they're looking for answers too. And so other families can have an easier time. And so that's, what I did. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, congratulations once again. Uh, as far as you know, income from this business, like it, it's an, it's it's enough to live off of. I mean, uh, you don't have to share specific numbers, but how is it doing for you? It's. I mean, I'm really happy with it. We pay all our bills. I'm our only income source right now, and um, so it's me wow. and my two kids. We're in a one bedroom apartment, but I mean, we pay for it. That's great. Pay and for private health insurance and yeah, everything. That's excellent. I love to hear success stories like this from people doing business online, especially from a life experience. So I want to ask you a few more questions. What do you feel is the best part about doing business online? I love that I can work when I want, where I want. Like I said, I just moved um, and I just got a little bit ahead on my work and we moved and now we're here and I'm working from here and it was like no blip really. I put my email, I just told people I had to respond the next week, but it wasn't that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I work when my kids are in bed. I'm a full-time mom during the day. I'm like out by the pool every day. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> How old are your kids now? They're two and four. Two and four. Excellent. Yeah, that, I, I find that that's the same for me too. I mean, just having that freedom and also the mobility. If I needed to do something, I can put the business off for a while and it'll still be running. Right. Uh, which is great. Now, on the flip side, what do you feel is the worst part about it? Because I know, at least for me, there's a lot of things that 
a lot of people who aren't doing business online don't really necessarily get to see what's going on. I mean, it, it is, it's hard for me sometimes. Uh, what's what's the worst part about doing business online for you? Yeah, that's about it. It's just super awkward if I meet someone and they're like trying to make small talk. Oh, what do you do? Yeah, that's a little <laughs> complicated. <laughs> it's really hard, but I think times are changing now and, and more and more people like yourself are starting to do businesses online that are able to support their, their family. So I totally understand what you're saying. Now, what is the most important thing you learned uh, while growing your successful business, something you wish you had known before you started? Um, I wish I had stopped worrying about people like wanting something original. Like, yeah, my stuff's original, but yes, you can also find the same information if you go to a bunch of different websites and message boards and Yahoo groups and all that stuff. If you patch together stuff, like that's how I learned was patching together stuff, just reading a few books and searching mm -hmm. a lot on the internet. But people are willing to pay a few dollars to save hours and hours of time. And it took me a while to grasp that. Right. right. I found the exact same thing. And before I let you go, uh, we're at the 10-minute mark, which is perfect. What are some, you know, one or two quick tips for those who want to start an online business like you did? Um, I would make an effort to listen to absolutely everyone that offers you advice, no matter how bad or how good it is, and try really hard to stay objective so you can take the good advice and ignore the bad without making it feel personal. That's great advice. I mean, it's hard because there's so much advice out there and it's hard to kind of grasp what is good and what is bad. And I think for me, it's just trying things out and seeing what works. And if it doesn't, try something else or seeing what the majority of people are saying right. and going with that. Um, so, I mean, kudos to you. Uh, congratulations. Again, what is your website URL so people can uh, can find you? It's healthhomehappy.com. Healthhomeandhappiness.com gets there too. Okay. Healthhomehappy.com. Yeah. Kara, thank you so much once again. And thank you so much. I hope such an inspiration to me. It was great. Well, I thank you. Podcast. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll check up on you in, uh, in a year and see where you're at. And maybe uh, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, 10 or 20 times the amount of income. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> All right. Take care. Thanks, Pat. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Thank you, Kara, for sharing your story. Again, you could check her out at healthhomehappy.com. That's where her membership site is uh, as well, which is all about grain-free meal plans and this, this condition called GAPS. Now, I didn't know anything about GAPS. I'd never even heard of it before. Even during the interview, uh, you could probably tell that I kind of didn't really know exactly what she was talking about. But I did a little bit of research, and I just want to share with you a little bit what it's about so that in case you know somebody who could use your help or whatever, just, you know, it's, it's always good to know these types of things. So GAPS, G-A-P-S, is actually a uh, syndrome. It's, it's called Gut and Psychology Syndrome. Uh, that's, that's the acronym. And it's a condition which is behind many mental and physical problems, such as autism, hyperactivity, attention deficit disorder, dyslexia, depression, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, eating disorders, and all, and, and, and some other things too. Um, and Kara helps us understand how to defeat this or at least uh, control it with the use of diet through primarily a grain-free meal plan. So she has those in her membership website and you know she has a thriving community there that, that asks for help and, and who she's helping uh, change lives, really. So again, Kara, wonderful work. Thank you so much. Very inspiring. And I love to see people who are being rewarded for helping people out just like that. So thank you, Kara. Again, healthhomehappy.com.
Now, we're about halfway through our session today, and I have a special guest here who is live, actually, with me right now. He wants to say hi. So can you say hi for the uh, for the audience really quick? Hi. All right. That's my son. His name's Kaoni. He's about 20 months old, and uh, he's talking up a storm right now, so I thought it would be kind of cool to have him on the show. His debut appearance on the SPI podcast. Kaoni, what are you going to have for dinner tonight? And? Berries. Chicken and berries, everybody. Are you excited? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, I have to get to the rest of the interviews, so do you have any final words to say to the audience? <laughs> okay, well, uh, thank you, Kaoni, if you're listening to this in the future. Uh, you know, you're adorable and, and, and you're the reason why I do everything I do. And hopefully in the future we can have you back on the show and you'll, you know, have actual words to say. I mean, you're, you're doing great now. Uh, but you know, once you kind of understand exactly what daddy does, then maybe you'll be able to, uh, to add a little bit more. So thank you so much. And thank you everybody out there for listening to that really quick and, and allowing me to, uh, just have him on the, on the show. It kind of, it really means a lot to me. Because, uh, like I said, he's exactly why I do what I do. Now, anyways, the next interview that you were going to be listening to is an interview with someone who you probably already know if you've been in the blogging world at all. His name is David Risley, and he's a really good friend of mine. He's actually a fellow blogger who also provides some awesome information about blogging and online business. Highly, highly respected, super genuine, and really is kind of a person as you can meet online. You can learn more about David and his pro blogging career at David risley.com but that's not what we're going to be talking about today now like myself and my lead exam website like jordan cooper and his uh, video game site that we talked about earlier today even like darren rouse and his digital photography school which is where he makes most of his money not a lot of, not a lot of people know that now david he also got his start online not by talking about making money online and successful blogging but with a very very successful blog outside of that niche, which we'll get into in a second. In fact, anyone who tries to start from scratch and teach people how to make money online without first making money online themselves, uh, well, they're in for, for a very, very long ride. Now, any, uh, anyways, uh, I'm really excited to learn more about David and how he got started. So without further ado, David, dude, welcome to the SPI podcast. Thanks so much. Killer, killer intro. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I wrote it out, actually. <laughs> awesome. So uh, I'm reading it off. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's all true stuff. I'm really actually, I don't really know much about your blog. So I'm, I'm actually really excited myself to learn more about it. So why don't you tell the listeners out there kind of how you got started with, with this blog? I mean, wh where did it come from? And, and uh, just, just start from the beginning. Sure. Well, I started a long time ago. I started around 1998. Uh, so I've been in this for a long time. Um, the 90s. Wow. Yeah, the 90s. I was still in college at the time and just kind of playing around. That was really how I got started. I was just playing around. It was a hobby. Um, uh, you know, I started out with the pet pictures and everything that a lot of people were doing back at the time. Mm -hmm. And But I f quickly determined that the site needed to have some kind of a point to it. Uh, otherwise, nobody would pay any attention. So what interested me a lot at the time was the subject of computers. Um, so I started talking about computers, um, and then it, my idea went a little bit more specific, and that was that th I found a gap in the market, at least then, was that a lot of people were speaking over the heads of a lot of people who were doing 
stuff with computers and they didn't understand it. So I started coming in there and explaining how things worked with computers and doing it in a plain English style, very, very similar to the way that I talk on David Risley. I was just very to the mm -hmm. point about how things work. For sure. And um, so that kind of ended up growing. I mean, I started out on... Was that a my, blog at first or like on a forum or something? Or? No, it was actually completely static files. I was, uh, I mean, I was doing, I was hand coding the thing. Wow. I mean, this is before WordPress existed. Right. Um, and then, um, so anyway, I, w I started out on my ISPs hosting, and then I ended up moving it to GeoCities, which is no longer around anymore. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, finally moved over to a real web host, which happens to be the same company that I'm with now. I've just grown with them. Great. Uh, and so, yeah, and then blogging came to be a term. And like a lot of people, I, I thought it was just journals and, you know, stupid stuff like that. And then <laughs> I was like, you know, this is a good platform. And I, I actually invented my own content management system at one point for this thing. And then when WordPress started becoming popular, I'm like, why the hell am I going to possibly even attempt to compete with WordPress? Mm -hmm. And I just swapped the whole thing over. Okay. So, wow, that's a crazy evolution. How, how long from when you started talking about computers till you eventually got into blogging with WordPress? Oh, I was not on WordPress with uh, PC Mac until probably... Uh, it's, it was about 08, 2008 or so. Okay, I mean, wow. I, I went for quite some time without WordPress and using my own content management system. Um, you know, I, I, it was actually a, a CMS that I was looking to bring to market. I actually sold many copies of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I just decided I didn't want to be a programmer anymore. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So that's the blog, everybody. That's PCMech.com. So if, if anyone comes up to you and says, David, what do you, what do you do on PCMech? dot com what do you what do you tell them i basically show people how to do stuff with their computer and i try to do it in a plain english fashion so that they can actually get some get some use out of it so it's all different type of technology and computer stuff not just pcs but also mac and and mobile and, and, and everything really it's mostly pcs i mean the, the the site has a very strong core uh pc hobbyist uh marketplace to it yeah you know, so i uh, there's i got one of the most popular tutorials on the internet about how to build a PC, you know, because I used to do it a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I've done a lot of upgrading stuff, a lot of troubleshooting stuff. So it's really got a very core audience of PC stuff. But then obviously being that the site is so old, <laughs> it has evolved some. So now we do talk about a lot of software stuff, cloud-based stuff, mm -hmm. because, you know, the internet is now such a humongous part of what we do. Um, and a little bit of Mac stuff, but most of my audience doesn't really use Mac. Right, right. So uh, primarily, how is this site making money? What's its monetization strategy? The big thing uh, has been advertising. And then, uh, what is it, about two or three years ago, I decided to put together a membership program for it. So uh, those have been the big two, is, is the, the paying membership and then obviously banner ads. Okay, so have you dealt at all with AdSense ads on your site? Yeah, most of the ads on there right now are AdSense, actually, mainly because I'm so busy with the other segment of my business that I don't have the time to try to direct sell ads and things like that, so I'm just trying to keep it easy. Okay, yeah, that's that's one of the benefits of using AdSense. It's pretty much you just put code on your site, and it automatically generates ads for you. You don't have to do any really administrative work, or, or you know, it's just all... Just saw automatic, so so that's good. So, what kind of numbers are you seeing on your site as far as traffic, and then how does that traffic uh, correlate with with how much money you're making? 
Uh, well, it correlates pretty strongly, actually. Uh, the the site historically has been seeing about a quarter million visitors a month. Wow. Okay. Um, now it, it like a lot of people, the site did get hit by the Panda update uh, a few months ago, uh, and it's not it's something it, it did cut the traffic down by probably about thirty to thirty five percent. I I haven't actually been able to work my way back out of that yet because it just happened a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and everybody's still debating on what the hell the Panda update is looking for, uh, you know, cause we're not a content farm or any of that stuff that they said that they're trying to bring to the top, but yet it still affected it. Yeah. I mean, I've been hearing that a lot and it's kind of, it, I, I don't really know what's going on exactly. And I don't know what Google's trying to do, but I've, I've heard a lot of people with great content like you have on PC Mac, just, just get hit for, for whatever reason. And I thought the main purpose of that was to get people who actually provide good information higher up in the rankings, the people who provide good content, but uh, the system isn't perfect. No, it's definitely not. So, so anyway, uh, that, that has been the traffic. And then uh, income-wise, uh, like last year, I, I was trying to look to – because one of the things with QuickBooks is I don't do the best job in differentiating – like sometimes my affiliate stuff, like what which site is coming from. Mm-hmm. But the ballpark for PC and Mac was in the ninety to about a hundred K range last year. Wow. And 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 so far this year we're probably around forty. So it'll probably, you know, it's it's gonna be a little bit down this year, but it's probably it's very much because of the panda update. But that's still a great number, especially when you consider advertising uh, at least it was a big, big major chunk of it. But let's talk about your other kind of income stream. You're talking about this membership site. So how how the heck do you create a membership site for something like this, which provides news and the latest updates on technology? It's difficult, I got to say. Um, you know, basically, well, for one, it's the, the pricing scheme that you'd set up in a market like this is nowhere near what you would do with with like the davidrisley.com market um, because of what you just said. I mean, it's, it's really hard to identify a, a a core thing that they're all looking for that you can provide because you're in a market which is very, very saturated and it's primarily news driven. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we've done is is pretty much added um, a, a value add to what we're doing on the blog already. We've got more videos in there, there uh, more video tutorials so that they're actually structured. Like we've got we the Build Your Own PC tutorial has been very public, but we've got a whole video version of it inside the membership site. Um, they've also got a, a, a direct contact form into us where we can answer people's questions. It comes from, with some additional privileges in the forums, things like that. Okay. So, cause that one question I was going to ask you was what tips do you have for anyone? Cause a lot of people, uh, are writing about things similar to what you're writing about, not in the PC niche per se, but more so just kind of news type things and, and kind of reporting the latest information about things. And they're always struggling as far as how to monetize a little better. I mean, the advertising route is probably the obvious route to go as far as monetization, but how can they take this system they have of providing the latest news on something and turn it into a membership site, which is, as most of us know, is, is one of the best ways to earn residual income. I mean, a monthly recurring fee is one of the best things ever. Yeah, I mean, with a with a pure news driven niche, it could be pretty difficult. I mean, one of the things with PC Mech is that it's not purely news because there is a lot of tutorial type stuff on the website. So there is a how to component, and that obviously interests a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it's still, I mean, there's a tons of sites out there with how to with computers. So it still comes down to a differentiation thing, and then balancing that with uh, what you're going to charge people. 
uh, if I tried to come in there and charge twenty or thirty dollars a month for this, nobody would ever pay me for it. Mm. Um, How so much are you, you charging? Right now, what is it about nine a month, um, something like that? Yeah. But uh, it's actually been a while since I looked. It's about nine, but and and I'm. I need to do some testing on that to see if I could go up or, or even go down on it and see how the numbers work out. But um, that's kind of where it's at right now. But, it, it, you know, it's so it's going to take a lot of brainstorming for people to think, okay, how can I translate what I'm putting on the public blog and add additional value to it? Sometimes, sometimes the value is not so much in um, more stuff as it is with removing all the distractions that are typical with a public blog. Um, and, and not only that, more access to you as yeah. direct one-on-one help, I mean, especially with the tech stuff, because a lot of people have these little issues and they don't have anybody to turn to. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, a lot of my audience, too, talks about, similar to how you talk about tech stuff, they talk about social media, which could very well include some how-to articles and access to whoever is the owner of that site to learn more. Uh, having access to videos is a great uh, way to go about it as well. So, so that's yeah. good, good to hear, and I, I'm glad that's that's working out for you. Now, a couple of things uh, before we finish up. I, I just went to PC Mech uh, earlier today, and I noticed that you have um, other writers putting content on the site for you. How is that working out for you? Is that helping you? Um, how do you manage those writers, or is that just a pen name I'm seeing? No, actually, most of the content these days are, is being produced by people other than me. Um, that's that's one of the the evolutions that's, that's taken place with this site over the years. Is it used to be all me, and then I brought on some volunteer writers, and now it's pretty much all driven by people other than me. That's great. I mean, it takes you away from it, yet you're still able to reap the benefits of of having that. Yeah, I mean, my from my end of this is really more of the the business side of it, which doesn't take up a heck of a lot of my time. So. I mean, you talk about passive income <laughs> for yeah. PC and Mac. It actually is kind of passive for me now, and I, I just manage the business side of it. Um, so, but you're not talking about how I manage writers. Um, it's it's um, always a work in progress. Basically, my main writer, his name is Rich. He um, he's actually an employee of mine. I hired him many years ago, um, and I didn't. Funnily enough, I didn't hire him to be my author for this site but he kind of ended up evolving into that and he's worked mm -hmm. out fine um some of the other ones i actually found them through darren's uh pro blogger job boards i've heard good things about that yeah and it worked i mean i think it, what did it cost me like 50 dollars or something like that to put an ad in there and i got 50 or 60 or more responses it took me quite a few hours to go through them all um and and uh so i ended up picking a few out of that um that's kind of how i find them um Except for Rich, being that he's an actual employee, the rest of them are on a paper post basis, and it works out pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, I manage them via a uh, it's called Teamwork PM, which is basically kind of like a Basecamp alternative. Okay, uh, manage basically everybody through that, but including them. And then in terms of scheduling, it's it's uh, Rich just kind of he's got a history with me, so he basically just post things directly without me having to read it first. Mm -hmm. uh, the other guys will typically queue it up, and then I'll, I'm kind of the acting editor-in-chief, so I'll go in there and I will uh, you know, read the articles, make, make some corrections or whatever, and then generally schedule it. That's cool. I like that. Now, how do you select the topics to, to, to pick, or do your writers kind of figure that out on their own? 
I give some general guidance uh, inside our project manager, uh, basically based on what I'm noticing is popular search terms I'm seeing people use, mm -hmm. as well as being that I use AdSense, I start to see how certain types of campaigns seem to pay better. So I will use that as a guidance for 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 some uh, topics. That's a great. Tip. Like for example, mobile work is in the tech market. Mobile is obviously huge. Um, iPads, iPhones, anything related to that. So. I will try to get these guys to talk about some mobile stuff, not necessarily the iPhone in general, and specifically, but mm -hmm. that type of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, they just put it in there. Not everything that they write, I will approve. Sometimes I just say, I don't want to do that, or maybe we, should, we can massage it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of how it works. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think for anyone out there who is afraid of, you know, the, the, the thing about blogging, is it's it blogging isn't passive not at all not, i mean i i post on smart passive income three times a week and it takes a lot of effort mm -hmm. but it can be used as a platform to launch passive income products like you have your membership site and also there's advertising on it and you know once you post a post it's on the internet forever whenever people come to it whether on your blog or through a link from someone else or just by finding it through google it's always i like to call them seeds is that they're, they're always going to be more chances to find ways to, to give you money the more content you, you uh, write. But I think hiring other writers is another great way uh, if, if your audience uh, is okay with that. I mean, I don't think I could do that because I am kind of the brand behind Smart Passive Income, but depending on yeah. how you set up your brand like you did with PC Mech, I think it, that's a great idea, and it's a great way to take yourself out of it. I mean, not totally. You're still acting as editor-in-chief and... and being careful about what's being posted on there. But I think that's a great, smart way to make something that isn't passive a little bit more passive for you. Now, uh, the last couple questions is, you know, I, I have, I've asked this to most of the people here on this series, is what is one thing you wish you knew about doing business online before you got into it? Something that you think that if you knew back then, it would have helped you out, you know, during your journey. Uh, well, this one's obvious to me. It would be obvious to people who are familiar with internet marketing, but it was building a list. Um, I went for many years without having any email list on this site, and that's probably the biggest thing that I would kick myself hard for. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, now I have one, but thing is, now obviously the market is a hell of a lot more saturated than it was when I started this site. So if I were building a good list at the time, I would have had a lot more. I would have had a lot larger list. Oh yeah. So that's that's definitely the thing that I mean when I started davidrisley.com I I I had a list from day 1 and I just wish that I had done that with PC Mech. Yeah, I I can't you know back up what you say uh, more because it's just I feel the exact same way. I didn't start a list on my lead exam site right away and I didn't even start a list on Smart Passive Income right away and I'm really uh regretful that I didn't do that. So for anyone out there who has a website, who has an audience or even if you don't, you know and you want to build a, a list that you can always contact and, and go back to uh, for whatever reason, just to stay connected or to offer products or affiliate products or give them announcements for anything that you may be doing, start a list. I'm really glad you, you said that because I don't think anyone so far in this series has talked about that, but I feel that's a very, very important thing to do. Absolutely. Uh, and lastly, any do you have any uh, final general tips for people who are, who are wanting to start a business online? What can you give them uh, to give them the best chance of, of finding success? One of my biggest areas of advice for people would be to stick with their passion, but they need to evaluate it from a marketing perspective. 
because some markets are just really, really difficult to try to make any money with. For example, I know there's a lot of people out there who get really, um, they're interested in politics, you know, but mm -hmm. that's a pretty crappy market to try to monetize because well, you, it's basically just a general, you know, list. They don't really yeah. have any interest besides politics and that doesn't translate to money. So, Bumper you know, you get so, or something, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't make that much, but... Um, so, I mean, so you could take your passion and then just evaluate it in terms of what other people are going to be uh, interested in that and what you can provide them that would be helpful. So you just always need to evaluate it from the perspective of what can you bring to the market of value. Um, and, you know, and sometimes you might need to massage your passion, not mm -hmm. change it, but massage it a little bit to make it marketable. And then you've got a much better chance. Absolutely, that's that's a fantastic tip. And also, you know, if if you don't know if your passion is profitable, just do searches and see what other people who are also talking about your passion are doing to monetize. And and don't, you know, I'm not just saying you know copy them, but learn from them, learn from their examples, uh, you know, use them as inspiration, and see where those holes are and fill in those holes so you can become an authority in your passion as well. Absolutely. I mean, uh, there's a lot of profitable markets out there. I mean, one of the one of the benchmarks I've taught to people was to go to your local bookstore. Uh, you know, one of the ones that has a large magazine rack. Mm -hmm. And if there's a magazine that covers your thing in any way, shape, or form, there's some profit potential there because it costs money to make those things, and they wouldn't do it if they weren't profitable. Oh yeah, for sure. That, you know, that's great advice. And and if you're looking to find some. Uh, potential writers or people in the industry to hook up with to build a relationship with just look at who the staff writers are for that particular magazine true and, and start from there so uh david i just want to thank you so much for coming on the spi podcast sharing your experience with pc mech which i was really happy to hear about because i i knew that that's where you started and i knew it was successful i just didn't know much about it so i'm really glad to hear that and i hope everyone else can see that uh, you know, you're not just the blogger who talks about blogging. You you have had success in other uh, shapes and forms as well. But you're also fantastic at providing blogging tips, uh, and you know you're well known in, in in the industry. I mean, I can go to anybody and say David Risley, and they'll know exactly who I'm talking about. So, uh, you know, just thank you again so much. If anyone wants to check out your PC blog, that's going to be pcmech.com. And also David Risley's professional blogging advice and, and online marketing tips, you can go to davidrisley.com. Again, we'll have show notes in the podcast show notes on, on the blog. So, David, thank you so much. Uh, take care and have a fantastic day. Thanks. You too. All right. Big thanks to David for sharing his story with us. And last but definitely not least, I have a fantastic interview with Cornelius Fischner, some of you might know him if you are a part of the Internet Business Mastery crew. You will definitely know him. He's been actually a huge inspiration for me. He had his business set up. I knew all about it before I even got started online. So this is this is great stuff right here, and I'm really excited to share Cornelius and his story with you. So here we go. All right, today I have the pleasure of having a actually a good buddy of mine, uh, Cornelius Fischner, and we actually know each other from Internet Business Mastery, I I knew him as I was getting started in online business, and he already had this business, which we're going to be talking about today. Uh, I really looked up to him, and I still do, for his business and his business model, and he's extremely successful. He's up there ranking really high in the uh, podcast section in iTunes. He has 189 episodes now, I just see, and 
Things are going extremely well. He just picked up his business from California, moved over to Switzerland for a little bit to be with his dad, and he's going to be moving back, and his business allows him to do that. So without further ado, Cornelius, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you here. Hello, Pat. Thanks for having me. Have you, uh, you, you've been good. It looks like things are going well for you. Things are going well with the exception of the weather. <laughs> the weather. You, yeah. Going how's from the California weather in to Switzerland, it's like, it's raining over here. <laughs> uh, no. Is that like the Seattle of, of uh, just no, rain? No, it's just constantly a bad angry. July. It's just a bad July uh, this year. Well, we miss you in California. We can't wait to have you back. All right. All right. So first of all, the question that I ask everybody here for these types of interviews uh, for this segment is what's the name of your business and what is your website URL? Now, when I told you that that was the first question I was going to ask, you, re- you immediately came back and said, uh, this is the most <laughs> difficult of these questions to answer because it includes a big lesson for everyone. Yep. So wh- uh, can you explain first, what is the name of your business? What's the website URL? And what is that big lesson? Well, the big lesson is I can't really tell you what the name of my business is and what the website URL is because I fell into this thing and I made a big mistake early on. I didn't think of corporate branding because I didn't see myself as a corporation when I started out. I didn't see myself as a business. I saw myself as a podcaster, as somebody who does this, you know, out of the passion of what he's doing. And I never actually considered that this might turn into a business. So, uh, The big mistake, therefore, was I started just creating separate products. I sold them on separate websites under separate names with separate URLs. So my problem now is I have a ton of websites. I have a ton of products, but I really don't have a brand name. Yes, I do have a business name. The business name is called OSP International LLC. But when you look on the website, you uh, on the internet, you won't find this company anywhere because it's really just our legal name. Um, right. But you know, if you if you look for my name, then you will find me. So the best thing to say is my company is really Cornelius Fichtner, and my website is corneliusfichtner.com. But that's also wrong. It's just that everybody in the industry that I work in knows me, they know my website, and my products, they are not branded. And that's the lessons learned. So if you're starting a business today, think of a brand. Think of a brand that can be used sort of to cover the whole spectrum of products that you're going to want to sell. Right. That's really great advice. And it's hard to think about where you're going to be, but it's important to kind of set goals for yourself and understand those types of things early on. Now, I know you from the PM podcast or the project management podcast. That's the industry you're in. You, uh, what, what does that particular part of your business do? Yeah, that's how I started out. My wife gave me a iPod for my birthday. I started listening to podcasts, realized, hey, there's nothing around for project managers. I could do this myself. And I launched the Project Management Podcast. That's my claim to fame. I'm the first podcaster in the project management space. And this is a free podcast, but it is the free podcast that feeds pretty much all my customers to the other products that I have. Um, Later on, I became 
PMP certified. PMP is a worldwide certification for project managers. Uh, you can be PMP certified in Turkey, the United States, France, or South Africa. Doesn't matter. It's exactly the same certification, the same test. And then I then realized, hey, wait a minute. I have just taken this exam. I know how to create a podcast. How about if I create the two? And that's how my first product came to be. I created a training course for project managers who want to take that exam. And this is really where the bread and butter is of our company. Uh, the five main products that we sell are all focused on project managers wanting to obtain that particular certification. Great. Five products. Well, wow, that, that's amazing. And we were just talking earlier. Um, you said your business has been growing and mm -hmm. growing even more. You started out with uh, how many VAs and how many VAs do you have right now? Well, you always start out with zero VAs. Zero, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I started out with one VA doing just customer support. And today we have seven VAs that are working in our company doing all kinds of things. Uh, still, customer support is a primary function. One VA does nothing but manage the other VA. So she is the team leader. We have somebody who's more on the technical side. We have two people doing nothing but marketing and one person doing affiliate sales. Um, and by affiliate sales, we do have our own affiliate program. So you can become an affiliate of us and sell our products. But what she does is she signs up for other people's affiliate programs that might be in line with what project managers need, uh, maybe project management books. And she also had the idea of uh, adding travel companies to this because project managers sometimes travel. So she signs up for other people's affiliate programs, and then we market these products to our customers as complementary products, things that we do not offer. Right. And I do the exact same thing at greenexamacademy.com where I sell lead exam stuff uh, that I create, but also I'm an affiliate for a company that does practice exams. Now, a, a couple quick questions about your business. Um, first of all, how are you making money from your podcast? Now, you said uh, that you primarily use the podcast as a free way mm -hmm. to build, build that audience and then feed to your other products. But I noticed on your site as well that you have a premium download. Yes. Um, the project management podcast was created originally with the idea it's going to be free. And then people started telling me, hey, I want to pay you some money. This is really good what you're doing. It's high quality. I'm learning a lot. How can I donate? So I put a donate button up. That didn't work. Nobody actually donated. And I kept <laughs> kept having people telling me, how can I pay you? Well, there's a donate button. That didn't work out. So I decided, okay, we're going to have a free version and a premium version of the podcast. You can listen for free. You get a episode every two weeks. And if you pay me the incredibly high sum of $5.99 every month, you are going to get an episode every week. So that's how I make a little bit of money with the free project management podcast by also offering this, uh, this premium version there. But it pretty much just pays for hosting and buying new recording equipment and maybe traveling uh, to various project management symposiums and doing some live recording. That's, that's about what, uh, what this pays for. Okay, great. I, I'm, actually, this is, this is great because I've never actually understood exactly 
how your business works. So I thought that the premium download was your kind of top product. No. Obviously, no. No, No, the top product is the 42-hour-long certification preparation course, which is also sold as a podcast, but it's not sold as a podcast uh, like yours or mine, where you have new episodes coming out all the time. Mm -hmm. This podcast is complete, finished, and done. So it's pretty much just a webinar that you are able to download via podcasting technology into your iTunes and then watch it on your whatever player you have, iPhone, Android, iPod, whatever it might be. Right. And so that is that a one-time payment or yeah, that's a one-time of- payment of again the incredible sum of 99.97 and uh, that allows you to download these 42 hours of videos. Great, great. Now I'm kind of wondering uh volume. I mean I don't expect you to tell me exactly how much you make, but if you can kind of give us an idea of how many people are downloading your products or how many people you have listening to your premium download for the wonderful price of five ninety nine a month? Right. Uh, right. Just so we can get an idea of, yeah. of volume here. No problem. So for the free project management podcast, last time when I checked FeedBurner, there were something like fourteen thousand listeners, and for the premium, I believe we have about a hundred and sixty, a hundred and seventy people who actually choose to pay for the uh, for the privilege of being allowed to listen to the podcast. Okay. And then as far as pro- uh, your products, I mean, you're, uh, is it you're waking up every morning and, and, and you know, it's passive income because so, it's online and you have your podcast that feed to these products. You know, you're waking up in the morning and you're seeing sales in your inbox every day. Is that, is that how it's working out? Actually, it works the other way around. The email comes in the evening. Email comes in the evening. Okay. <laughs> yes, but that's exactly how how it works. Uh, we have passive sales. We created these products once. They're being sold every single day. On and in the evening, I get the email that tells me how much I'm making on. And usually, the number is no smaller than a thousand dollars a day. Ooh, I love that. That's amazing, Cornelius. I mean, it's just so inspiring. What kind of systems are you using to passively uh, to passively give these products to, to your customers right because I have a podcast I have to use a system that allows uh, individual RSS feeds if you download a free podcast everybody uses the free feed but if you pay for the privilege then you get a, uh, a URL that is targeted to your name and for you only and nobody else can download it and I have found, uh, you probably know Paul Colligan, right? Mm-hmm. And Paul, mm-hmm. a few years ago, he created a tool called Premium Cast. And uh, that's how I started. We are still using Premium Cast. However, Premium Cast no longer accepts new customers because they're moving over to Nanacast, N A N A C A S T dot com. And uh, within the next few months, we're actually also supposed to switch uh, over to that system from Premium Cast. So that's what we're doing. It is, uh, it is everything in one. Its affiliate program uh, is quite nice. I, I really like that. We have tons of affiliates around the world using it. And uh, it allows wow. me to sell all the products and all the podcasts uh, in, our, in our product lineup. Fantastic. I'll definitely have to check that out. And uh, so that's Nanacast. Yes. Nanacast.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. So a couple follow-up questions. 
obviously you're doing really, really well. What is the best part about specifically doing business online like you are? Well, the best part right now is the fact that uh, I'm in Switzerland. I was able to say to my wife that, hey, you know what? Our dads are getting older. Let's go visit them. Let's make sure that we see them. Her father lives in Tucson. Mine lives in Switzerland. So we picked up all our things and we drove to Tucson for three months and stayed three months there. Obviously, we did not stay three months with her father. That would be a bit too much. We uh, <laughs> we just rented a place, a furnished place, and now we're doing the same thing in Switzerland. We picked up everything and we flew to Switzerland and uh, unplugged the computer in California, plugged it back in here, and uh, almost without a hitch, we were able to just continue working. That's fantastic. So mobility, and that's what a lot of people say is the best part about doing business online. And it's not necessarily the idea of, you know, not owning a house and just backpacking and traveling all around the world every single day. But just having that option to do that if you really wanted to is probably the best part. Yeah, but frankly, you have to kick yourself in the butt because um, I know the next question that you're going to ask yourself is what what is the worst part about doing business online, right? And the worst part that really is your business is on your computer. So you can just pick up your computer and you can start working. And you really have to kick yourself and say, okay, I have to stop now. I have to go do something else. I have to, I have to let the business be and I have to, you know, go do something. Be mobile, like you said. Go somewhere else. Go on a vacation. Go on a staycation somewhere. And take a mini mm. retirement, as it was called in the four-hour work week. Yeah, exactly. Well, how would how do you find is the best way to kind of separate work and personal stuff? I've I haven't you know, figured it struggled, out. I haven't I've struggled figured with it out. this too, uh, and I've talked about it a lot on the blog. What's worked for me is actually having that separate office with a door I can close at a specific time of the day, and then when I want to go on the computer again, I use a separate laptop out of the office. That's helped me. Um, and I know a lot of people struggle with this because you're right. That is the hardest thing is stopping yourself from working because you can always do more. You can always just go onto your computer and do a little bit more work. Uh, but especially with a family, that's not really fair. Yeah, I, found. Uh, I would say having a separate office uh, with a separate door would be fantastic. Unfortunately, we don't have that in our house. Uh, our office is kind of also uh, very close to the entrance and you kind of walk through the office into our house. So mm. it's almost impossible to to do that and to to really close it off and, and be away from from work. But yeah, frankly, I haven't found a way to really clearly separate business and personal life especially now because you know mobile phones are so powerful oh. uh, wherever i am with my mobile phone i can do oh i would say 60 70 percent of my business just on my mobile phone it's crazy yeah. it's crazy now when did you when did you start your your businesses and, and your podcasts online? Yeah, the free podcast started in 2005 and about one and a half years later, the 45-hour uh, uh, exam preparation podcast uh, was added to that. So 2006-ish, 7-ish, something mm -hmm. like that. And the company itself, when we really started building the business, the limited liability company was founded in early 2008. Okay, so you've been doing this for about six years. Yeah. 
I mean, you've obviously learned a ton, but what would you say is maybe one or two of the most important things that you've learned while growing your successful business, something you wish you had known before you actually got into this? I know we talked about the name and the corporate branding already. Is there anything else? Yeah, starting out with VAs very early on is something that I would definitely do different. Um, I would bring uh, help on uh, much, much sooner. And also I would try to not do a lot that I do. It looks like uh, uh, constantly I'm coming up with new ideas and new ways to to improve the business, to, to grow the business. And I think while that is a, a good thing for an entrepreneur, it's also a bad thing for an entrepreneur because it just keeps you busy all the time. You never turn off. You never, you never stop working. Uh, there is always something else that you can do uh, in your business. So having a clear uh, division there between personal life and business life, um, as we have just talked a moment ago, uh, that would be the one thing that I'd really uh, like to, to, to do differently if I could do this again. Right, right. Now, a question just came into my head. And it's something that I've dealt with with my lead exam stuff. And I did not create a course or a kind of membership site, for example, for uh, for the lead exam because once they take that test, they're done and over with and they probably wouldn't need that information anymore. Mm -hmm. How are you keeping your customers involved after they pass that exam? Yeah, that was a big problem in the beginning. Man, because I was thinking, yeah, well, they're one-time customers. They buy the course and my any of my other four products, they take the exam and, well, I never see them again. Um, mm -hmm. Luckily, luckily, this exam is not for life. So once you have the certification, you have to have continuing education. So you must... Uh, earn what is known as professional development units. And one way of earning these professional development units is by taking uh, seminars and going to school. And we are now an accredited training company with the Project Management Institute, which means we can offer these PDUs to our customers. Very cool. And of course, now we have an ongoing, that's the third podcast, excuse me, no, the fourth podcast that I have. We haven't talked about all of them. And in that podcast, that is one that delivers a one-hour webinar to you every month, giving you one of those PDUs that you have to earn. Very cool. That's super smart. Now, any any one or two quick tips for anyone out there who wants to start an online business or who is already start started an online business and just wants to take it to the next level? Oh hell, don't do it. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's an incredible amount of work. Uh, you just have to be aware of that. And if you don't do it right from the very beginning, if you don't structure it right, if you don't think it through, then unfortunately what's going to happen is you're going to just work too much. So my recommendation really is uh, do it differently than I did it. Uh, be smarter about this than I did, uh, than I am. And try to find ways of automating things more and taking yourself and your personal name out of the business. Uh, if you are able to really have a, an organization, a company, then pretty much anyone can answer uh, customer questions or can work on certain tasks. But 
if like me you have a company that is built around you as a brand then you have the problem then well you are the brand right and i am the brand of smart passive income right now yep. and i'm feeling i'm definitely feeling that uh pressure to answer most of those questions mm -hmm. that i get so great tips thank you cornelius that was a fantastic interview super thank inspiring you. if people want to learn more about you where would they go well, like I said, the best place to go is go to my blog, CorneliusFishner.com. All right, and I'll have a link on the show notes for that. And again, Cornelius, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, especially with you know our history together in, in Internet Business Mastery. It's so fantastic to see you grow even further. I mean, I looked up to you, like I said at the beginning, and to see you grow even further is just very, very inspiring. So thank you. Thanks for having me, Pat. All right, we'll talk to you. Wow, and that is why I saved that interview for last because it's chock full of great information and Cornelius has a fantastic voice to listen to. That's why he's doing what he's doing on the podcast. He he just has that voice and what he has to say is all valuable information. I mean, especially that last part about branding and when I talked about myself as the brand of SPI, you know, I understand that. I'm conscious about that and I'm okay with that. But when you're starting out, it's definitely smart to understand what you're doing. If you don't want to be totally invested in your business in the end, or if you want to possibly walk away from it, then putting yourself as the as the brand may not be the right decision. It's up to you, but now you're kind of seeing both sides of the coin, and you kind of uh, hopefully have an understanding of what direction to go in if you're just starting out. Now, I just want to thank all the guests, not even just from this particular podcast session but the last one too in session 24 together that's seven amazing fantastic inspirational online success stories from people who are doing it in niches outside of the make money online niche plus we had a special guest appearance from my son which is awesome and i promise i'll have him later on in some future episodes and until then, until we meet again in, in session 26, you know, I just want to thank you so much for your support. I know this was a particularly long episode, but a lot of you loved the success stories from session 24, so I wanted to include one extra one for you today. And yeah, so I don't have anything else to say except thank you. I appreciate all the feedback and reviews in iTunes. We're almost up to uh, 200 reviews now. And, uh, you know, I just I just love you guys. So uh, thank you for all the support. Take care. The show notes are going to be available at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 25. And keep crushing it. Keep killing it. Keep inspiring each other. And I'll try to do the same. So take care. Have fun. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point. So I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray. And in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme 
It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it. 